Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, folks. Welcome to a brand new episode of Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. I hope everyone's had a great week. Hope everyone has a safe and exciting Halloween. Uh, I I don't think I have any plans. I'm very boring, but maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll just eat candy in front of a fire. It's kind of chilly here in Fayetteville. Uh, anyway, uh, we have a really jam-packed show. Uh, it is Fanbyte's third uh, birthday. Uh, we turned three uh, the day that this episode came out, October 31st. Uh, we started on October 31st, 2018, and uh, the two amazing uh, OGs of Fanbyte, Stephen Strom, Dylan Skiffington, uh, joined me for a really uh, wonderful conversation about the genesis of the website and also just how things have been over the past three years. It's a really cool conversation, especially if you're into, I don't know, just like the inner workings of how to uh, start a website like ours. Uh, so yeah, stick around for that. But first, we have to get to a jam-packed slate of top stories from this week. of little stories that dropped this week but i think the biggest story was probably uh sony playstation state of play event uh they do a lot of these a, uh, every year now since they don't really do those big e3 gatherings anymore uh and this one we knew specifically was going to have to do with a lot of their third party partners so we knew we weren't going to see stuff about uh horizon zero dawn uh, or excuse me horizon forbidden west or god of war ragnarok or any big third uh first party titles instead we heard from a bunch of third party titles we thought maybe we would see some final fantasy 16 but no we saw kind of a smattering of uh smaller maybe more niche titles so let's go through them um uh, there was an interesting trailer that the show kicked off with called De- uh, Death Verse. Uh, that's from Gung Ho. It's the sequel to Let It Die, which is a very interesting uh, free-to-play action rogue like uh, that came out from Grasshopper Manufacturer. Uh, and uh, now Gung Ho is taking the reins. Uh, it's uh, developed by Super Trick, um, which uh, and it looks very, very interesting. Uh, kind of a bizarre uh, survival action game. It's got some a uh, very interesting enemy and character design um looks looks interesting if you like really bizarre stuff this one looks uh like it could be for you uh we are ofk is a, a multi-part 
kind of biopic music game um, about a real life virtual band, OFK. Uh, it's kind of is how the band came together and how they are uh, trying to make their way in Los Angeles. I, I thought the trailer was really impressive. Um, if you uh, like Teddy Deef, Teddy Deef has worked on um, uh, games like uh, Hyper Light Drifter, uh, and that is uh, that's their game. We are OFK. Uh, that's coming out in 2022. Uh, Bug Snacks is getting a expansion called the Isle of Bug Snacks. Uh, excuse me, sorry, it's not called that. It's called the Isle of Big Snacks. I can't even read my own writing, uh, and it's gonna uh, feature some giant bug snacks, as the title would imply. Uh, you'll see some returning uh, characters as well. Uh, you'll be able to make and decorate your own village, which is exciting. And uh, the bug snacks have hats now, and it's coming for free in 2022. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's game Security Breach is uh, getting uh, got another trailer. It's a free movement 3D game in that franchise comes out on December 16th. It doesn't seem like it's going to get a lot of fanfare because everyone that loves Five Nights at Freddy's already knows about it and everyone that doesn't probably just cares about the uh, the creator kind of being kind of a weirdo. So Anyway, maybe the less about uh, less said about that, the better. Uh, Death's Door, which is one of my favorite games of the year. I played it on PC earlier this year, and it's coming to PS4 and PS5 on November 23rd. Uh, and it is uh, also uh, coming to Switch uh, on the same day. Uh, so that is super exciting for folks that haven't been able to play this because they don't have a, a PC. But Death's Door is one of the best games of the year, and now console players will be able to get their hands on it. Uh, Cart Rider Drift is a, a game that we've seen a couple times, but uh, got a new trailer, and it looks like it's connected to Mega Man. I can't stress this enough. A lot of the character design looks like Mega Man, but it's not. I, I don't know why it looks like this, but it's not Mega Man. It's a free-to-play racer, and it's coming in 2022. SNK's long-running King of Fighters series is uh, coming out with a new game soon. You probably know that already. King of Fighters 15. I got a new trailer. There's an open beta coming in mid-November where you'll get to choose from uh, eight characters, do some casual battles and things like that to test the game out before it releases. And the trailer also released uh, teased a character named Dolores. Uh, these games look gorgeous. If you haven't played a King of Fighters game in a long time, uh, the art style of this game is really impressive. Um, so that looks good. A uh, social deduction game called First Class Trouble is coming out on November 2nd, so that's very, very soon, uh, to PS4 and PS5, and it's also going to launch on PS Plus. Uh, it is similar to a PC game called Velvet Sundown, uh, but it's also a little bit in the same vein of, like, Among Us. It's basically like a, a deception uh, party game, but it looks a little more realistic in its approach uh, with a lot more mechanics attached uh, to deceive your fellow players. Looks It looks pretty neat. Uh, perhaps the biggest surprise of the show, at least for me, uh, is a brand new Star Ocean game from Square Enix and Tri-Ace uh, called The Divine Force. Uh, this is the first time we've seen anything from it. Uh, there's uh, players that crash land on a planet, which is a pretty common theme for the Star Ocean games. Uh, you'll explore a big uh, open world, it appears. You'll be able to do a lot of vertical movement by flying, uh, and it's got a bunch of anime people in it. I love anime people in my rpgs uh and it's coming out in 2022 which is pretty soon for a game uh that is usually as beefy as uh, a star ocean game uh the entire state of play wrapped up with uh, kind of an odd choice but i and uh, i'm definitely intrigued uh little devil inside which is a uh very cute uh, but apparently very serious, uh, uh, 
3D action exploration mercenary game, uh, which got a cool trailer uh, uh, last year, uh, got a like five minute trailer at this one uh, showcasing a um, Playmobil style overworld, a lot of side quests, a lot of mercenary action, killing creatures, uh, a lot of like survival skills, fishing cooking, surviving the elements. Uh, it was in kind of an odd trailer, a little bit like slow and measured, but it definitely showed a lot of the different gameplay that you'll be uh, encountering in this game. And I'm really excited. I think this game looks really cool. Uh, the graphics are really breathtaking. Uh, it looks like a really nice showcase for the PlayStation 5, and I am definitely looking forward to get my hands on it. Uh, while it wasn't discussed at the state of play itself, because they didn't really focus on any first party stuff, uh, Sony this week also quietly created a PlayStation PC label for its specific PC parts. So uh, you can expect to see that label on games like God of War and also the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves edition. Um, uh, Days Gone, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, th those are basically games that are from the same label, although that label was not created until after the fact. Uh, but it's uh, interesting to see that this is apparently something uh, that they're very uh, much focusing on going forward at Sony to make sure that a lot of their first party games also come to PC at some point. Uh, Shuhei Yoshida also uh, on Twitter uh, uh, this week showed uh, Horizon Zero Dawn playing on the uh, on the uh, Steam Deck, which I think is very cool. Everyone made a lot a lot of uh, Vita jokes, which is great. Rip to the Vita. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, these really beefy games specifically play on the steam deck. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to get our hands on one pretty soon and check it out ourselves. Um, conspicuous by its absence for many, many months, uh, during the ramp up to its release date on December 8th was the halo, uh, campaign. Uh, we knew that the multiplayer was going to make its date because it had a really successful uh, preview window and we had a lot of fun playing the the Halo preview. Uh, we have some thoughts over on fanby.com about the game and it, it seems great. We finally, for the first time, saw some more details of the Halo Infinite campaign, uh, which is looks really interesting. It looks very open world. It looks like you can kind of tackle different settlements and missions uh, at, at your own kind of pace. Uh, there will be uh, skill trees for Master Chief to upgrade specific uh, aspects of his kit, like the grapple shot, uh, the shields, thrusters, how grenades work. Um, it, we showed uh, that the trailer showed uh, uh, being able to call down for a vehicle from a satellite. You'll be basically exploring the Halo Zeta, which is a uh, very interesting new Halo uh, uh, facility. Um, and you'll be taking on a lot of new enemies. There are enemies with like, uh, health bars now and, uh, like names and stuff. It's really fascinating. A lot of stuff is coming together in a way that we haven't really seen, uh, for Halo in some time, but Halo Infinite will launch with this campaign. It's going to be single player only, not co-op yet. That's going to come out sometime next year. Um, but the single player campaign and multiplayer stuff is coming to Xbox and PC on December 8th, which is uh, very exciting. We're all very excited here to get our hands on that game. Uh, we knew Blizzard was going to change the name of McCree, the character from Overwatch, uh, but we didn't have a, a, a new name uh, pinned down until this week, and that name is Cole Cassidy. Uh, you can find that name already in the Overwatch uh, game itself. Um, 
And uh, Blizzard even uh, launched kind of a little explanation of the name change uh, kind of in game. And uh, this is what this is what it says, quote, the first thing a renegade loses is their name. And this one gave up his long ago. Running from his past meant running from himself, and each passing year only widened the divide between who he had been and what he had become. But in every cowboy's life, there comes a time when he has to stop and make uh, make a stand. To make this new Overwatch better, to make things right, he had to be honest with his team and himself. The cowboy he was rode, the cowboy he was, rode into the sunset, and Cole Cassidy faced the world at dawn. Very cool. Uh, this is just the uh, another. Um, another change to Blizzard's uh, internal workings to change a lot of characters in their games that are named after real people and take those out of the game for reasons that should, at this point, be fairly obvious. Um, Speaking of Activision Blizzard, Bobby Kotick this week, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, released an extensive statement updating everyone on the status uh, following the state of California's lawsuit against the company for a for cultivating a frat boy like culture uh, that made way for sexual harassment and discrimination, uh, both in pay and hiring. Uh, This statement included a bunch of really interesting notes, which I'm going to go through right now. Uh, One, the company is enacting a zero-tolerance policy for harassment. Uh, This means that while previous instances of harassment were sometimes met with verbal or written warnings, any substantiated harassment case will be met with immediate termination. Um, This is uh, Some areas around the world have local laws that restrict those measures. In those cases, the company will still uh, enact uh, the strictest possible punishments for harassment. Second, the company will also be uh, increasing the percentage of women and non-binary employees by 50% and investing $250 million toward that cause. Uh, The goal is to have women and binary workers make up more than a third of the company within the next five years, which is a very specific number. And on top of this, Activision will be investing $250 million over the next 10 years to initiatives that bolster underrepresented communities within the games industry. Uh, Those will include career opportunities uh, in the ABK academies, such as mentorship and apprenticeship programs leading to game dev jobs, which is interesting. Uh, Kodak says it's a meeting. The company is waiving obligations for arbitration for futural sexual harassment and discrimination claims. This is in a contrast with companies like Riot, who have been asked to uh, get rid of those arbitration uh, obligations but have failed to do so. Uh, so this is definitely part of the uh, demands from the Activision Blizzard workers, and that's a pretty big victory. Uh, Activision Blizzard will also be reporting the results of its pay equity analysis to be more transparent with wages and demographics for its employees. Uh, and the company will be releasing quarterly progress updates on all of the above, uh, as, may, as well as making it a pillar of its annual report to shareholders, which I think is going to be a, a pretty substantial victory to make sure that shareholders understand the gravity of this situation. What might be the most interesting and surprising aspect of this, and you know what, credit where it's due, uh, Bobby Kotick is cutting his pay. He is saying while uh, the company uh, is uh, going through this period of uh, transforming its entire culture, he's going to reduce his pay to the lowest amount that California will allow, which is $62,500. He also claims that he won't be receiving any bonuses or equity during this period. Now, Bobby Kotick is an obscenely rich man without, uh, he could make not another dime in his life and still have more money than any of us could fathom. But I will say this is one of those things that tells me 
that at least they understand that this it comes from the top. I don't know if they believe that or if they're just doing the right thing here. But even the workers at A Better ABK, the movement of workers within the company who are pushing for leadership to change, uh, called this a pretty big win. Uh, There are some caveats here, but I'll read their statement, at least in part. Quote, while today was a huge win for us, we remain vigilant and continue to push for other industry practices that need to change. We still stand firm by our demand that the investigation must be done by an unbiased third party, of which Wilmer Hale is not one. We continue to push for light to be shed on other industry practices practices like crunch, which can be especially harmful to the health of game devs and especially the health of disabled and chronically ill game devs. We continue to give our unwavering support for our colleagues across the industry who are also pushing for change. A better Ubisoft still has demands that are not being met. Together, we will be the change. Um, this uh, statement from Bobby Kotick and the, the Activision Blizzard folks uh, do uh, seem to be going in the right direction. I don't think everything has been taken care of. Like I said, uh, Wilmer Hale uh, is a uh, anti-union law firm doing the investigation here. Um, they they're probably not the right folks to be doing this third party asset that this assessment because it's not really a third party assessment that way. Uh, but uh, for the most part, these this is I think a pretty big victory for the the workers of Activision Blizzard this week and maybe across the industry if other folks take a uh, a stance similar. To this one, uh, Returnal is uh, a time loop action game that is pretty good. Came out back in April, and a lot of folks liked it. Uh, but one one thing that folks really did not like was the fact that the long loops in this game—they are very long loops—could not be suspended. Uh, and that meaning, like you could pause it forever, but you can't turn off your PlayStation, go do other stuff because you then have to start a loop over. And these loops are pretty long. Uh, this was part of the gameplay loop. Uh, so to speak. <laughs> um, and it was intended by devs to be this kind of difficult, but a new patch has been released for the game uh, that allows you to uh, pause uh, pause a loop. So it'll basically allow you to suspend something and turn off your PlayStation, do something else and come back to it later. Um, that is a pretty nice deal, especially for folks that don't have hours and hours and hours uh, to spend on some of the longer sections of this game. So if you've been hesitant to check it out because of that, or you bounced off of it because of that, now might be a decent time to go check it out. Shoji Maguro has been a game composer for Atlas and the Persona series for a very long time. He's written a lot of great music for that franchise. Uh, he actually resigned from Atlas uh, in the at the end of September and announced it this week. He's leaving the company to focus on indie games that he wants to make himself, and he's doing that through uh, the Kondansha Game Creators Lab, which is basically an indie fund there in Japan. He is leaving, but still wants to actually create music for the Persona series on a freelance basis, so it's not all doom and gloom for folks that still love his soundtracks in the persona games uh final fantasy 14 uh, is going through some interesting changes with its terms of service uh you can't really do real money trade you can't do things uh, to stock other players uh, but you can still do erotic role play in Final Fantasy XIV. If you want to learn more about this, uh, we have a really, really interesting piece over it uh, over at fanby.com that Mike Williams wrote. It's amazing. Uh, it's a really cool news piece, so please check that out. But yeah, if you're worried about erotic roleplay going away in Final Fantasy XIV, you don't have to worry about that anytime soon. Uh, Digimon Survive is a new game in the uh, Digimon universe, a tactical RPG. Uh, it was supposed to come out 
2021, but it's now being delayed to 2022. Uh, they released a statement that said, two, quote, two Digimon fans patiently waiting. Digimon Survive. First of all, we'd like to thank you for your continued patience and support from Digimon Survive. Our original goal was to launch Digimon Survive in 2021. However, due to the need to allocate more time to development, it is necessary to move the game's release to 2022. While the decision hasn't been an easy one, we want to make sure we use this extra time to enhance the quality of the game. The entire development team is working as hard as we can on the game, and we kindly ask for your patience. We look forward to sharing more news and updates about Digimon Survive with you all soon. Thank you again for your continued support, In quote. Uh, I, Whenever I see Survive, I now think of Metal Gear Survive, so I'm just imagining Digimon Survive. I also just always think about Digimon Otis, you know? You ever think about Digimon Otis? In late 2017, I was wrapping up a stint as a consultant on a couple of major video game projects, uh, both of which I can probably talk about at some point, but this really isn't so much, so much about me. Um, I, I, I started to form a relationship with a group of folks in uh, Los Angeles called Glitch City. And through Glitch City, I met Laura Mache, uh, who is a game developer and a writer over at Riot, uh, but at the time worked for Zam and uh, actually worked in uh, the media realm, uh, doing basically games journalism for Zam.com. Uh, and Laura invited me to apply to a project manager uh, position at Zam, uh, running a few of their uh, floundering websites. They didn't really have a ton of direction. They needed some help figuring out uh, where to go from there. And uh, and I applied. Uh, those consulting gigs that I had were not going well. Uh, I was rapidly running out of money. Uh, <laughs> and Los Angeles is a tough place to be if you don't have any money. So I went and interviewed and the rest is history. I've been working at Zam since uh, early 2018. And in late 2018, we started a website. We started a website called fanbyte.com. And the genesis of that is uh, fairly interesting and uh, tumultuous and uh, exhilarating and fun and nostalgic and uh, a lot of fun to talk about. So I invited uh, the two folks that actually started the website with me at uh, the company, uh, Stephen Strom and Dylan Skiffington, the senior managing editor and guides editor, respectively. Uh, I asked them to sit down and talk with me. Uh, this conversation is really fun. We definitely go into some detail. It's a little bit navel gazy. Uh, if you're if you're kind of bored at the idea of listening to us wax nostalgic about the inner workings of a website, you might want to skip it and just skip ahead. I don't know, but I think it's a really fun conversation. Uh, and it was definitely fun to reminisce about how things used to be and kind of how we got to where we are today. Uh, I hope to have another one of those conversations and again in a few years, because I think this has been a really fun journey and it's, uh, it's not anywhere close to finished yet. So enjoy this conversation. Hello, Stephen and Dylan. How are both of you doing? Oh, fine. Fine. I'm okay. You're I, good? Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm honestly, I've got that Friday energy sort of welling up within me. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that energy. Uh, you know what kind of energy I've got? I've got birthday energy. 
Birthday energy. Happy birthday, John. Ha- nope, not me. <laughs> How old Every are day you? Is John's birthday. It's <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when Keith, one of our developers, uh, made up that I would uh, like? He he used to post in Slack that it was my birthday every few weeks, and like yeah, it would, it would get and everyone believed him. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, that was a good bit. Uh, it's Vampire's birthday. This episode goes up on October thirty first, which is the third uh third birthday of our website slash brand which i think is uh that's really weird to me um it i i both feel like it has not been that much time and i also feel like i've been working here for 20 years i mean you yeah. have been working at the company that it's this only four years is. only four years really? yeah yeah it'll be four in january so God yeah damn. okay never mind yeah i mean it's yeah. not like i've been here forever i Maybe. thought you i guess it just feels that way too. dylan's me. been here a while but like yeah five something like that i don't know but to be fair we spent like one and a half years of those three years in quarantine yeah in COVID times. oh my god yeah, yeah i think that's the that's definitely the issue yeah i i wanted to talk to both of you because you you two really are the only OGs uh, with me on the content side of the website. Um, yeah, we were, uh, we started it and um, I, I, I don't know. I wanted <laughs> to take a, a stroll down memory lane about the, the, the funny beginnings and the weird middle and the, the weirder end. I don't know. I mean, it's not the end, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, I don't know. I I think it's it's been a really fun thing to build something, especially um, in those early days. It was amazing to build kind of what we wanted this to be together. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if y'all like have any uh, fond or otherwise memories from that, like the, the before times, like that September, October before we actually launched. I think that was a very nervous time for me, but it was also oh, very yeah. exciting. I mean, I I I feel bad because I've, I feel like I've told this story about seventeen thousand times. That's okay. It's fair. It's it's yeah. a it's a no. I won't say it's a good story, but it's an interesting story. <laughs> it's an interesting story, and I always lose track of how many times I've actually said it on a microphone versus how many times I've just said it to other people who work here. A Colette, our uh, wrestling editor was just here in Fargo with me recently and she asked me like so how long have you been at the website and I was like well it's <laughs> well, literally the beginning and a little bit before that <laughs> uh because yeah I was uh I was hired to work well if you want to go all the way back I worked at zam.com as a freelancer for Danielle Laura and Chris yeah yeah, Which, uh, the before yeah. before times. That that's yeah. way before times. Yeah. Way before times. Um, and then Zam.com, the website, went away and was replaced with a website called Ready Set. Uh, Ready Set was alive for a f- about five minutes. It lasted about uh, that long, I think. Uh, yeah, that was I the- think I think it was about four months or something. It wasn't very months. long. Yeah, yeah. Did, was it on Ready Set that they broke the story about the vaping Republican cr- yes. congressman? It was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was also great because the person who I'm about to talk about um, told Chris Lorschild, the uh, uh, editor, editor-in-chief at uh, Ready Set for those four months, uh, told them, so just like break a story like that every week or so and the traffic yeah. will be great. We can, That's we, all you have to do. We, we can be honest about that. Yeah, that was that was my boss. Uh, that was my boss here before that. And he he had very um, uh, 
Ah, well, this is not. He had very bad ideas about how to, how to do uh, how to do content, and yeah, he he very much said, "Hey, you should just do this every day." Yeah, um, man. Which I don't uh, miss. I don't depressing. miss. Uh, I don't miss the frustration of that. I'm I'm glad that we are where we are now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I was hired by, I guess, technically, well, Chris was basically my point of contact with all that stuff. Yeah. I was told, um, we need somebody to be the uh, copy editor. Chris was the only person working full time at Ready Set and needed help. Yeah. Um, so I was going to be brought in because Chris and I had bonded very heavily, uh, since the time at Zam.com over things like Yakuza, uh, the video game and Golden Kamui and a couple of other Dumb, nerdy shit that we both really, really enjoy. And I uh, was told basically, okay, we're going to hire you. And then two days later heard, actually, no, we need the person that we're going to hire to live in L.A. And I was like, well, I'll move out to L.A. And they were like, okay. And then I heard back two days later, actually, uh, the person who was your boss at the time wants somebody who already lives in L.A. We're not going to have somebody who's going to move out to L.A. I was like, okay, fuck. <laughs> and that was like that. Yeah. And then two days after that, I was told, actually, you're okay to work from Fargo. You're fine to work remotely after all. And I was yeah. like, okay. Yep. Uh, finally went through all the process, got, got set up, got, uh, introduced on basically my first day. It was kind of, my first day was basically just practicing on stuff. Chris gave me, um, some template type stuff to like practice my editing skills so that they could look it over and see what I was doing right and wrong and what they wanted me to do differently. Yeah. Uh, the second day, uh, it was the morning I was going to be, it was like my first real day of work. If you want to call it right. that. Sure. And um, Chris said that they were calling in sick to work. This is pre-COVID, so everybody was going into into the, the office. office. Yeah, we we had an office in the Santa Monica area. Yeah, I love that I've reached the point in my life now where I have to try to remind people of what life used to be like. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, Chris was like, "I'm going to call in sick," and then got a message saying everybody is being called into the office and. I think at that moment, we neither of us talked to each other about it, but I think we both knew what was about to happen. Yeah. Um, in retrospect, we have talked about it and, and told each other that we both knew what was about to happen, which was that uh, Chris was laid off along with a bunch of other people. Yeah, it was. I think it was 15 or 16 staff members. Yeah. Yeah. Bad day. Uh, I was not laid off. No. Be- <laughs> <laughs> because no, you your boss forgot. Did, didn't, barely knew you existed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, forgot I existed, didn't know that, like, for basically forgot to put me on a list of people to strike off of that thing, because uh-huh. it was such a, a blurb, such a blip on the radar of anybody at the company at the time. Uh, and because I was not included in those rounds of layoffs, people had to find something for me to do. Uh, and the thing that we were, uh, that we found to do was unnamed video game website. Yeah. Which became Fanbyte. Yeah. Um, yeah, that it was called game site and all of our, uh, like internal, uh, like, uh, like product management stuff. It was just called game site for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't know, I, I can't remember the order of this, but at some point my, my boss who, who also had the bad content ideas, um, that they, that he gave to Chris, um, uh, wanted to change the brand of Zam to something else. And so we had this, uh, we had this very protracted, 
um, voting process where people were nominating things to call the company and um, Fanbyte is actually what won. There were some real fucking stinkers in that in that list. Um, oh, yeah. The, the yeah. most famous one was Board Valley. So B-O-R-E-D Valley. Like a place that you would go to if you're bored. If you're bored is, I think, kind of the idea. Yeah. Um, yeah but that was that. one of his, right? Yeah, oh, that was one of his. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, so that was the thing was he was like offering a $5,000 bonus or something like that. It, to, there, it wasn't that much, but there was some sort of okay. bonus involved. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was, there's a bonus involved and you asked him, I remember at the time, <laughs> because because <laughs> he had put in like, he put like uh, 50 of them in the spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. By himself. And whoever's name got picked was going to get some kind of bonus. And I remember you asking him. <laughs> Point blank. What happens if one of yours get picked? And he's like, "Well, then I give myself the bonus." Yeah, and he was dead serious too. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna like get the bonus." I was like, oh, "All right, cool, great. Uh, That's neat." Um, the absolute like least self awareness of any person I've ever met in my life. Yeah, it was. It, it was. Yep. It was some dark stuff. Uh, Dylan, what do you remember from that like time where we were trying to like decide what the name of this thing was gonna be? I just remember us like, because we hated like ninety nine percent of the names in that list. Yeah, um, I'm not even sure. I, I I I have to be honest. I'm I'm not even sure I've loved Fanbite. I mean, I think I yeah, I think no. I was okay with it, but I, I think it was I, like the 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 what the, like the least worst. It was the least worst. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. yeah there there was a bunch of them, and I just remember because we had this this weird. Uh, thing from our boss which was the name had to be a mashup of two different things like yeah it had to be like a compound buzzfeed yeah Yeah. right because he was very much yeah yeah because we wanted to be the you know the buzzfeed of gaming or whatever well we didn't want to be but he that's what that's that that is for the record what we were told that we needed to be as a company was the buzzfeed of gaming for a while yeah but also, he couldn't really like, decide what that meant because he also like really wanted us to be. He he kept saying we're going to be the Buzzfeed of gaming, and then also said, "and we're going to be a wiki." What he what he meant was he wanted to be as successful as Buzzfeed was. Oh, I I, I feel like that. Well, I, that's not what he ever explained that to mean, but I mm. feel like that's what he meant. That's what he said a bunch, right? No, he was. Uh... Uh, and and for as funny as these stories about him are like they were uh, very frustrating to live through they were very frustrating to live through and he like did some actual like really shitty stuff and like was probably pretty racist about some stuff too like not a good dude Uh, it was a very uh frustrating time in the company's life i'll say that much yeah it was it was a frustrating time yeah i mean i think the the lead up to creating the the website though i mean we wanted to do something that um I can't can't say enough about the the foundation that Chris Lorschild uh, made with um, obviously Zam when they took over that site, but then also Ready Set, which I think had um, actually a pretty solid focused vision on what it wanted to be, and I thought it was very cool, and yeah. didn't really get a, a a fair shake. And then it you know we needed to close it down for various reasons. Although I don't think I don't think I handled that particularly well. Um, and and then we wanted to create another we wanted to make another go at a, a general game site. And I think um, 
we kind of had, I don't know. I, I felt good enough about insulating ourselves from the, the bullshit of uh, the, the, the management that we had at the time yeah. um, to create something cool, which is, I think what was missing from previous iterations. There is a skill whether it's admirable or not, there is a skill to playing the game with executives well enough to insulate the rest of the workers from something. And I, I do think I was good enough at that to get us the runway we needed to build something and, and make it last. Um, but that was scary though. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was scary. And like you say, you didn't handle that well, but well, no, know, but like you were, forced into a very bad position well yeah we we weren't we 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 were pretty much unilaterally told to basically shut shut ready set down and i think for various reasons that it did make sense but i think the way that we i think that i think the way i i think i didn't know this at the time but i probably should could have and should have um probably stamped my feet a little bit more about how we did that and like actually figure out a measured and responsible way to basically move some content to a new site which yeah. we still I, to, to to be totally fair to myself and for the record like we still haven't totally done i think we've freed like maybe 10 percent of those ready set pieces from our, our back end and we need to basically do the rest and that's something yeah. that i really want to do in 2022 um but that's something that i you know I'm, I'm not happy about how that went but that was part of the transition process that we had to go through yeah, it's just a technical pain. Is, is yeah, it's, it is a technical pain. Now, it would it would not have been if we had done it the yeah. right way, but but that's not how it shook out. So, anyway. It's weird now uh, that we, we started with the three of us, and at this point I consider Merit because we got we hired her so yeah. shortly after we launched. She was very, very early. Yeah. Like a few months in. Um, and uh, now we're like... 15 to 20. I don't even know what the number is. Just, there's so many of us. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's yeah. probably, it's probably closer to 20 now. Yeah. It's close to 20 um, on the content side. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And I mean, I, you know, we, we also, I think everyone who listens to this and everyone who kind of watches our Twitch streams, or listens to our podcast, they probably have an idea of, um, you know, the, the 15 to 20 of us that frequently contribute to the content of the site and the brand. But you know, there are also a lot of other people like in ad ops department and development and yeah. um, operations and things like that, that really make um, everything that we do go smoothly. You know, it wouldn't like we couldn't, we couldn't, you know, none of, none of us have any sort of uh, tech ops expertise to keep the site up and running and, and all that stuff. So there are, all, are a lot of folks besides the, uh, the 15, 20 of us that, that touch the, the stuff on the website. So, uh yeah to rocky we miss you we miss rocky (laughs) yeah we miss rocky uh uh we've we've got we've got travis now but we definitely miss rocky um yeah travis uh, is great we we we, we, i miss coffee boys yeah coffee boys coffee boys was a fun little so good it was so good it was a jaunt we would make every single day to the little cafe that was across the street and uh uh, yeah, it was really good. I saw Trent Reznor in that place once, which was fun. <laughs> um, and now Rocky is developing his new app. Weird. Not, not Trent Reznor's app, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I hope Rocky's doing good. Um, Me too. 
he but, drove uh, me around that first time I came to L.A. I think it was that time I went there with Merritt because that's how early Merritt was. Was oh, the yeah. first trip we made out was together. Um, and I got in first, and I got in early in the morning. And Rocky just like drove me around L.A. for a while when I when I came in, like just took wow. me to the beach, which I had not been to. That's fun. Uh, yeah. Um, I had not been to the beach, like the beach, uh, an ocean beach. I've been to many lake beaches up here, sure, here in Minnesota, right. but an ocean beach I had been to maybe, including that time, probably three times in my entire life, if that, wow. maybe twice. Um, so he took me out there. He was just very nice. Um, and now we have, yeah, like we have Travis and, uh, Ivan and Sanam, who's not on camera or podcast a lot, but she's our, our new designer. Designer. Uh, Cause she's great. She's incredible. Yeah, um, we love working with her. She anything, basically any kind of visual thing that you see on the site now, and especially in the near future when there's going to be a lot more of it um, on the site. Yeah, is her. Yeah. yeah, Dylan, did did you think we would ever be able to execute a, a redesign the way we're about to? <laughs> uh, no, well, because <laughs> I mean, we we ran so many websites, so many websites. Yeah. You know, like we have a few different Hearthstone sites. We had our league website, all this other stuff over watch website uh and stuff used to take just forever uh you know we through a variety of different factors uh we were like grasping at straws and that's that stuff used to take like six months seven months to do a, a basic redesign and yeah. now i think back to like us launching fanbite where we we're like screw it we're just gonna get a wordpress theme and like yeah you me and steven put the website together by hand yeah Pretty much, uh, yeah. That's why it, it looks the way it does. It hasn't changed that much somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's legit. I mean, I do think about that, how we, you know, this is a little bit inside baseball, but it, but it does give some proper context. So I think the way the site's been run for a long time is that we, we basically shifted a lot of our focus with our developers from working on the websites themselves to working on basically ad technology and, you know, things that basically are d- designed to do monetization. So we had... A, a really talented group of devs basically move from site ops to advertising stuff for like more than two years. And so we never really had anyone assigned to fanbyte.com really. I mean, Ivan Espinosa it shouts to Ivan has been basically the person doing a ton of that work, but it was, you know, a lot of WordPress themes. It wasn't a lot of like custom stuff. There were custom things that he built, especially on the back end, but it wasn't, you know, a totally soup to nuts custom job that required a ton of uh, developers to, to to work together to do. And now that we've kind of shifted our approach again over the past few months, we've gotten more. Um, we've we've basically developed the a core team of developers to move into more site ops stuff the way that we, we kind of used to which means that we'll be able to build a lot more cool stuff on the site, whether it's like tools or whether it's like cool little features or custom widgets and things like that, that we really haven't had before. And yeah, like Dylan's not wrong. I mean, we put this site together in a lot of ways ourselves with these little functions in the WordPress backend. And it is a big reason why we, well, I think the website kind of looks like shit. I mean, it's like, it's fine. I think we did as good of a job as we could have, but like that was mostly three non-design minded people coming together and trying to build a website. And I think we did, uh, I listen, I think we did a great job. I'm really happy about where we are, but that is a big reason why yeah. I think a lot of us are unhappy with the way the site looks. So Yeah. I mean, we built, 
fanbite the way I would build my personal website, not right. a website uh, with 20 staffers. So yeah. it's time. It's time. <laughs> the I mean, like the thing with the website design that is just true of a lot of fanbite in general is like in those early days, uh, one of the sort of many mantras I think we had was just like, it's better to just get it done no matter yeah. what it looks like or how good it is or how comprehensive it is. It's got to be out to, there. Yeah. Get yeah. it out there and then and then fix it later. Not sit on it and talk about doing something for six months to a year. Well, and that's, that's kind of what we had been doing. I mean, to Dylan's point, I think we'd been so precious about this stuff. And I think um, – you know, a lot of things when they started to involve too many moving parts or, or taking a risk, we would we would retreat or we would sit on it or we would whatever. And I think like with Fanbyte, um, I it was really important for us to just make things and let the content speak for the site instead of like the design of the site itself. And um yeah. I mean for what it's worth, I think it worked. And now I think we have the the room to say, okay, well, we love the content so much. We have to put some more love and care into actually what it looks like and how it's presented. So yeah, it'll, it'll be good. We made the right decisions for the time. Because, oh, we did a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is, this is like right when it like literally because there's other w- dumb, funny shit around it, but this is like right as the Facebook, like, inflations like number inflation stuff was going on where it was basically being revealed that all those sites that had been carved up and also faced their own layoffs um due to various reasons but oftentimes venture capitalists saying we're pivoting to video you know places like vice getting um slapped with that sort of stuff dorkly a site that i freelanced for a lot before i came to work at fanbyte uh merit as well also uh, freelanced over there uh shouts out to tristan uh, who's a great guy dorkly is gone now because it was basing all of its content um, for Facebook and for video and pivoting to video and all of that stuff. Right. And so everybody else lost all their budgets and their staff and their editors overnight and then was left holding the bag on a bunch of investment into a thing that was useless. Mm-hmm. And we launched a website that went in against the wishes of management the completely opposite direction <laughs> right <laughs> as there was it there wasn't no competition um you know obviously waypoint is still out there um you know a lot of other people doing like really good stuff but there was like those places were scrambling and trying to rebuild right when we were kind of just hitting our stride yeah yeah, and and we, you know, if you if you're listening to this and you've ever tried to look up something that we do on YouTube, you, you've probably realized that we have three YouTube channels right now, which like we're trying to change, we're trying to do some stuff, but like a lot of the videos. Sorry, we're, stuff, sorry, we're trying to delete it. We're just, sorry, sorry, we're trying <laughs> to remove it. Um, but a lot of like the video decisions we were making uh, at the beginning of of our our website's uh, existence. Uh, was directly related to to my boss, the management, deciding that uh, those reports that uh, Laura Mache stood up and you know basically delivered to that management and said it is a bad idea if we invest all of this stuff in Facebook. Um, you know, he basically decided to just do the opposite, like Stephen said, and um, and a lot of investment was made. What dead in the, he looked her dead in the eye after she said that and said like we're investing x amount of money into Facebook right now yeah because b- because I steamrolled her uh, because I think uh, well I mean 
yeah, yes, he did steamroll uh, Laura, and and I think like the the other part of that is he had probably done a multi month pitch and presentation to the board of directors to get to convince them that this is the budget that needed to be freed for this, and then he was not even going to entertain the idea that he wasn't going to do that. And, um, one that's like, you know, the sign of a bad leader, first of all. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but also, but also, yeah, it was, it was one of those things that, you know, it's like, we probably could have spent a lot of money in a totally different space and had, uh, uh, not a better first year because I don't want to say we did, we didn't have a good first year, but we, we probably could have had a fairly different first year if we'd had budget, uh, to spend on things like writers and other experiments we could have done instead of boosting Facebook video for stuff like reposting trailers and stuff like that. Um, right. which was, which was really shitty. Um, and yeah, I mean, we got bamboozled after the fact, like we knew we were being bamboozled and still did it, you know? Um, and that was a frustrating time. That was a really frustrating time. Um, yeah. And if it sounds like we're resentful about all of that stuff and kind of like pinning a lot of this in like our early struggles on <laughs> that um, uh, authority in management, it's because we are and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's because so many things are different now. Like, I think that's that's been really the key difference to make us go to, to feel like we have the freedom to say that stuff is because, you know, a few things happen and I won't get into those details, but a few things happen where that management is no longer working here. And then a lot of things started to change. Right. <laughs> um, so, so I, I think really that was in late 2019 when those shifts happened. And then since then, I think we've, we've really hit our stride. We've worked with some amazing folks. Um, I don't know. Like, do, do y'all have a cool, like, coolest thing? Most things, your thing you're most proud of? I don't know. It's cheesy, but I, I'm I'm curious about what both of y'all think. I mean, uh, I I'm still just perpetually surprised that the the Animal Crossing stuff we did, just because <laughs> I had no expectations for that. <laughs> Dylan made one tier list and then suddenly it became his entire life. I mean, it, it, I can't stress this enough folks. It literally transformed our traffic. Yeah. I went from like it, it, it is, I, what was it? I think we did like a yearly report or something. It was like, I don't know, 40% of our traffic or something. Yeah. Yeah. To this day, it's still like our top 10 articles combined into that one. But yeah, I know I, I literally just, I was like, you know, what if I do this? That'd be fun. And I took like a week to work on it because it's 350 villagers or something. So like you got to figure out a format. You got to get all those images. You got to, it's a whole lot of work. And then a week later I posted it <laughs> and then it was uh, off to the races, I guess. God, I don't know, it's just a wild, it's, it's just a wild, wild thing. But in, you've had other moments like that. I feel like throughout history, because John t- said specifically, you said the words like it transformed our traffic that happened. Like, 15 times early on and it yeah. was always just like leapfrogging it was always just like holy shit yeah yeah uh, was, team was, fight tactics team fight tactics. completely unbelievable traffic yeah team fight Destiny tactics came too. out team yeah. fight tactics came out which is which is a footnote frankly in the history of in games. The history of games and but, fight fight for that but matter. like but like it was the biggest thing that we had for like a month um yeah. which was, yeah, it was basically two years of just doing that repeatedly um, yeah, 
don't know. It, it, that, that's probably the wildest thing. I, things have calmed down now that we've gotten bigger, but um, that 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 initial growth was just wild. Yeah. yeah. And it was always it was always just like one new thing. And some of them like Team Fight Tactics turned out to be flashes in the pan. But then like Destiny has just become every time we did, you know, five of those those transformative games, like one of them would stick and become stick around and become like a pillar of stuff on the website. You know, Destiny right. 2 Animal Crossing is still pretty up there. Genshin is doing very well for us. Final Fantasy 14 has obviously done so well in the background that at some point somebody uh, that somebody being John was like, <laughs> what if we just launched an entire vertical for the website about it? Yeah. That t- and by the way, uh no nobody thinks vertical stuff is going to work which i think is funny like that there's a sentiment online that because um like the overwatch stuff that polygon did didn't work is that the the vertical stuff just doesn't work within a uh, thing and i don't think that's necessarily the case i just think it's how you cover it um and so yeah i think this experiment will be interesting to see how the ff14 stuff does but we'll see i mean this this is getting off topic of like fanbite specific stuff, but I think like I mean you know the link shell the fan, Final Fantasy fourteen vertical it's part of fanbite now, so yeah. it's worth talking about. Sure, but I think the thing with the verticals is that a lot of people Polygon a great website but full of a bunch of great people. Like don't get me wrong, I but like if you talk about their verticals not doing well, like a lot of those verticals are based on things like esports and esports yes. is a scam i say that as somebody who yeah. used to work almost exclusively in esports I, um, I i say this lovingly to people who love esports but esports is no no one's figured it out yet and it's no. um and i i don't think the esports hasn't figured out esports yet no um, uh, I think it was it was my former coworker at Red Bull, um, my first job out of college. Rob Zachney put it this way, also a friend of Danielle's, um, which is that like in esports, there like a bunch of people with money look at esports and say, "Holy shit!" There's like 150 million people every week say that they watch esports. Like that's <laughs> bigger than football. That's bigger than anything or whatever. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, but it football, basketball, baseball. There's usually like a lot of crossover between those audiences. Yeah. Uh, in esports, you have 10 million people who are interested in one game. Um, and then of those 10 million, maybe 500,000 of them are interested in esports for that game. And then there's 65 other games that is yeah. splitting that entire thing up. And they yeah. don't, those communities don't talk to each other. No, they and th- those people aren't interested in the same thing. Final Fantasy 14, like the way that we're covering Final Fantasy 14 and the way we kind of at the jump decided we wanted to cover games, it was a thing that we talked about a ton um, during Game Site days, um, capital G Game Site, was <laughs> covering live games, covering things that are going to be that that are the they're increasingly video games just look like this, even if it's just like FIFA, right? It's uh, 65 different ro- indie roguelikes that take, you know, an hour or whatever, and they become like something people play on their Switch, or everybody has a game that they play every day, like Destiny, like Warframe, like Genshin, or whatever. Sure. And you can't cover those games like old sites like GameSpot and stuff like that were built to cover games anymore. Right. And those sites are also realizing that. They've, they've yeah. been realizing it for a long time. It's been, and a lot of the people there have known that for ages it's convincing management to shift to that direction that is the problem whereas we got to build a site from the ground up 
focused on like, we're going to have somebody who's really good at knowing what this game is all about so that they can cover it. And somebody yeah. who's really good at covering this game. Dylan is great at that for Genshin, for instance. Yeah, yeah for sure. I was yeah. for a long time in video, in like mainstream video game criticism, I was like the only person covering Warframe <laughs> for anybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was like yeah. working for PC Gamer and Games Radar and Rock Paper Shotgun, going to Tenocon and stuff for that like that for years. And then when I came to F- Fanbyte, all those up websites also realized that it was time to start covering Warframe. So now there's a bunch of people doing it. But yeah, yeah not to not to toot my own horn too much. But. No, toot it. I love tooting. Yeah. I'm always talking about beans. <laughs> you are always talking about beans. That's true. Too many beans. Beans. Um, I, I remember that first E3 uh, that we had in 2019 uh, where folks came to L.A. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> first and um, like only at this point. Yeah, first and only, really. Yeah, we had the we had the weird last year thing, and then the weird this year thing, and then um, yeah, who knows if there'll be another one? But that that last one was um, that was a lot of fun to have to have folks in L.A. and and it was. Uh, yeah. make some stuff. I think we were all really burnt out by the end of it, but it was um, it was it was fun to see everyone in L.A. Yeah. I still think uh, about uh, I still think about GDC and all of us going to the convention <laughs> while Stephen is staring oh at a screen like eight feet up in the air. That's like 15 <laughs> inches wide. The <laughs> Sekiro. So, yeah. Sekiro shadows die twice came out the week of GDC and we got a code. I want to say maybe like the morning that we flew out there or something. Um, yeah. You brought your PlayStation and yeah, we were set up in this, like this nice hotel and, but the hotel, the hotel room had its TV, which was, I don't know, maybe like a 30 inch TV um up on the fucking wall like 16 feet above everyone yeah it like recessed into like a brick wall yeah right yes and um that the fact that you played a lot of sekiro on that tv um that was very funny yeah yeah that was very I th- funny i think i got to the first Genichiro fight, the first real Genichiro fight where you where he has the lightning powers. I think I got like that far, which is like the first big inflection point of that game. So yeah. I, I made a long, a lot of progress. God, that was fun. Um, that was very, that was, it was super was fun. fun. I love that game. Yeah. As much as I don't uh, I also, miss conventions, I miss conventions, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do too. I mean, like I, I, I definitely don't miss them in a vacuum. I don't think, but it's, to me, what they represent is just being able to get together in a, you know, uh, exciting professional environment with people I really like, and I, yep. I do miss that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that that first E three was also the E three where it was the first E three where we had merit with us. Um, because again, the only one that was also the day that, uh, your former boss, um, basically took Merritt and I out to dinner separately, uh, to lunch. Yeah. Um, that first day to basically where we didn't eat anything. He just took us to a restaurant and asked if we wanted anything and like basically tried to, it was like on Survivor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like trying to turn us against you. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. Right? yeah. I was, I was about to say what? that's how it should be phrased. Yeah, it's like um on the it's like if you're watching Survivor and then they have like the cutaway to like two people standing in the forest talking about how they're going to make an alliance in uh-huh. the middle of the night, and then yep. like the next day the person is like, "I'm betraying my best friend," whatever. Mm-hmm. He was like trying to pull that off, but like Merritt and I were just like not having it. <laughs> whatsoever and just like smiled and nodded the whole time i remember i I can't speak for merit but i'm i remember just like smiling and nodding and like 
at the time not realizing I think how bad he was and tr- I was trying to almost do the same thing to him where I was like trying to nudge him in the direction that you I and Dylan were talking about <laughs> which was like yeah we should we should be doing things like cross linking like linking to our other material and our other things or whatever and he's just like yeah wikis <laughs> and it's yeah. like what are you talking about yeah let let it, let it be known that in in a different world fanbyte.com would basically be a a a, a wiki farm essentially and um that was the desired future of that website and i fought very hard for that not to be the case which wiki are you using fandom or fanbyte right exactly that would have been a nightmare exactly that would have been basically the conversation forever yeah yeah that's what he wanted he he kept using fandom as like the uh example because like his whole philosophy on things was just like looking at other things that were successful and saying like let's just do that again and it's like Let's do that again and not spend any money on it. And not spend any money on it. (laughs) Yeah. Crucially. And it's like, no, we can't do that because that already exists. People are already entrenched on that thing over there. They're already, they already are served. And also if, if we're going to try and outpace them, we need to outpace them. And we're not going to do that with two people. No, we're not. Yeah. Yeah. With, and yeah, yeah. He, he always wanted us to pay, um, rates of some of our competitors who frankly underpay i won't name names but it's like he he was very adamant about always saying well you know this big outlet only pays you know 10 bucks a piece or whatever so why aren't we doing yeah. that or uh we should do click per like a pay-per-view kind of thing like if something pops off okay right. then, then we pay them an extra few dollars or whatever and i just i don't know i just can't stand yeah. that we, shit. we could have been all the bad shit that we could have been all the bad we, shit. we could have very easily been all the bad shit Um, a a lot of our freelance methods and methodology now was just like, I remember you and Dylan just coming to me and basically saying like, well, how much did you get paid by Ars Technica or uh me just being like this much? And this is the, this is the best rate I ever got. This is the worst rate I ever got. And I can tell you as somebody who freelanced for 10 years, I hated getting this right. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I won't name names, but they're like, yeah, there are some very, 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 very big sites out there that pay literally at least when I was working there, they, they might be better now, but they were paying one fifteenth of what we pay right now. Yeah. And I mean, and listen, their writers compete for the for the slots. Too. Sure. And, and and listen, I still think there's room to grow. I don't think we're like the best in a biz. I don't like when I when I see some folks, uh, some outlets and, and they might have just bigger budgets because they do better from a financial perspective. I have no idea. Uh, I still think there's room to grow there. But, yeah, that was a core philosophy of just like doing better, doing it faster. Like that's another thing. Um and uh, I'm glad we had the room to do it. I don't. I don't know. Sometimes I'm shocked at the the number of things that we actually ended up getting right. But um, I'm glad. With, I'm glad that we did. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Here's to another uh, three years. I, I I genuinely, truly mean this with all sincerity. Cannot imagine uh, a better duo of people to start a website with. So um, thank you so much, John. Yeah. I don't yeah, take compliments well. I so I just uh, inside. I know you I just, don't. You know. I know you don't take compliments well. You 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 blush and you make that little face and uh, <laughs> sound like my wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, um, beating your wife was a high point. Oh my god! <laughs> in my history of my website. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she rules. Um, um. All right. Well, thank you both for hanging out and and strolling down memory lane with me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having us. 
hey i hope y'all enjoyed that conversation um and we'll have a lot of special stuff coming up this uh, next month uh, on the website we're gonna have a new redesign coming up and some really fun streams so like keep your eyes uh locked onto the website and all of everything that surrounds it uh super excited about everything we've got going on and i'm super excited to be at a place uh that you know has been so much fun to work at for three years uh let's get you ready for this coming week because there are some game releases we have to talk about um giants uprising is coming to pc on november 2nd world war z is coming to switch on november 2nd bloodshore is coming to pc ps5 ps4 xbox series x and s xbox one and switch on november 3rd time loader comes to pc on november 3rd demon turf and that is t-u-r-f because t-e-r-f uh that would be redundant demon turf anyway uh that's coming to pc ps5 ps4 xbox series x and s xbox one and switch on november 4th just dance 2022 comes to ps5 uh ps4 xbox series x Xbox One, Switch, and Google Stadia, of course, on November 4th. Uh, Pinchcliffe Grand Prix comes to PC and Switch on November 4th. Space Lines from the Far Out comes to PC and Xbox One on November 4th. Star Sand comes to PC on November 4th. To the Rescue comes to PC on November 4th. Uh, The big Animal Crossing New Horizons update 2.0 comes to Nintendo Switch on November 5th. uh, We should have a ton of new info and guides for that game uh, around that time. Maybe not right on the 5th, but probably around it. Uh, as well as the Happy Home Paradise DLC, which comes bundled with the Nintendo uh, Switch Online uh, expansion pack, if you haven't already picked that up. Uh, Imran Khan says it's not a very good deal right now. And you know what? I tend to agree with him. But if you have to have those Genesis and N64 games, as well as Happy Home Paradise, then the expansion pack is probably the most cost-effective way uh, to get all of those things at once. I have no idea. Uh, and, uh, the big one is Call of Duty Vanguard coming to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, and Xbox One on November 5th. Uh, and finally, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation Code. Very fi- excuse me. Let me try that one one more time. This is a very long title. And I want to make sure I get it right. Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation Code Fairy Volume 1. Thank you. Uh, comes to PS5 and PS4 on November 5th. Uh, so a lot of big game releases. That that uh, that Animal Crossing one is probably the biggest. I think that 2.0 update is uh, a pretty substantial one. Of course, if you're in the Call of Duty, it's a huge week for you as well. Uh, I'm a lapsed Call of Duty player myself. But hey, I don't know. I may check it out since I was pretty underwhelmed. Uh, by Battlefield 2042, although the uh, the new Halo game looks very good, and that's probably the shooter I'm going to be playing most this holiday season. Uh, speaking of Xbox, uh, let's talk about what's coming to Xbox Game Pass this month. Uh, on November 2nd, the Minecraft PC bundle comes to Xbox Games Pass. Uh, if you have not gotten your hands on one of the most popular video games to ever exist, uh, this would be a great time to do it. Minecraft is a super interesting sandbox. Uh, Your kids play it. Your friends' kids probably play it. Uh, A bunch of YouTubers you don't like play it. Um, There's a reason it's one of the biggest games ever. It's because it's a a superb title. So if you've never checked it out, it's a a cool, chill experience, or at least it can be a cool, chill experience. There's a ton of other stuff coming to Game Pass in November. Uh, I will remind you of these things uh, throughout the month, but 
football manager for uh, Forza Horizon 5. Uh, those come on the 9th. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, the uh, San Andreas Definitive Edition specifically comes to uh, Xbox Game Pass on November 11th. Uh, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim comes to uh, the the Game Pass on November 11th, and that's the anniversary edition. That's the the big fancy new one with some of the graphical flourishes and uh, the mod capabilities and things like that, so that's good. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator Game of the Year edition comes to Game Pass on November 18th. Undungeon comes to Game Pass on November 18th. Evil Genius 2 World Domination comes on November 30th. And that's all we know so far. We don't know uh, what is coming to... um, uh, what, what is leaving Game Pass yet? Uh, We don't know those things yet. Uh, They usually announce those kind of as they happen. Um, But PlayStation Plus subscribers, uh, switching to that for a second, uh, um, uh, you'll be able to get, uh, let's see, uh, the social deduction game, First Class Trouble, which we talked about earlier in the the state of play uh, earlier. uh, That's coming to PS Plus. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, specifically the remastered edition, uh, is coming to PS Plus, as well as the dodgeball game Knockout City. Uh, You will also be able to get uh, some PSVR titles, The Persistence, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, and Until You Fall, those will go live on PlayStation Plus on November 2nd. Uh, And if you're not watching... um, Succession. You should be watching Succession. Listen, I'm sorry I keep bringing it up, but it's a really good show. Uh, And if you like that show and you want to hear Funke, Joseph, and I talk about it, uh, we'll be doing that every Monday while the show is on over on Twitter uh, Twitter Spaces. Uh, That's just a fun little informal chat about the previous episode that we're doing on Twitter Spaces on Mondays at 1230 Central. So that is like 130 Eastern and uh, 1030 Pacific. Okay. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank my guests, Stephen Strom and Dylan Skiffington. If you want to follow Stephen over on uh, Twitter, you can at Stephen Strom. If you want to follow Dylan over on Twitter, you can at Squiblon. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at Floppy Adult. And if you want to follow Paul, my wonderful producer, you could do so over at Polly Mayo. Uh, we can be found, uh, the entire website can be found at Fanbyte Media. All of our podcasts can be found at podcastnet.org. Our Twitch account is twitch.tv slash fanbyte, which is a lot of fun. We're doing a lot of streams lately, and it's been a blast. Uh, I've been enjoying uh, meeting more of our community. And speaking of community, if you want to join our community, you can do so at fanbyte.casa. That is fanbyte.casa. That'll take you to our Discord. It's got a lot of wonderful people in it. There's a pets channel where everyone just posts uh, pictures of their pets, and we all just fawn over them all day. It's like the happiest place on earth. It's a really cool place to discuss games and other stuff that you like and uh yeah i don't know i think it's a great place to be and i think you should be there and come hang out so i invite you cordially formally invite you to join our discord fanbyte.casa uh all right folks thanks again for hanging out and uh until next week you're welcome you're welcome